0: There were five major publishers at the time, and four of them said no to this book, that there was no audience, that these are one-time occurrences. So for me, there was a lot of challenges that I didn't anticipate. And then the other one was, you're not famous enough. Who's gonna buy the book? So I had to reshift the narrative and say, you know what, I can't control what everybody else thinks, but I can control what I think about my writing and my voice. And I just kept affirming myself in the midst of other people not seeing the vision.
1: Welcome back to The Fix, your career playbook for the new world of work. I'm your host, Michelle King, and every week I share insights, research, and actionable tips for how to advance at work without losing yourself. Before we start, just a quick request. If you like our podcast, then please hit subscribe now and leave a review. You can also sign up to our newsletter and get in touch at thefixpodcast.org. As most of you know, last week my second book, How Work Works, was released in the United States, the United Kingdom, India, and the Middle East with HarperCollins. The thing that always amazes me when I do book signings is how often people will tell me that they too want to write a book. In fact, one study, and pretty much the only study in 2002, found that 81% of people surveyed in the United States said they felt they wanted to write a book. That's right the majority of people, well, at least in 2002, wanted to do the exact same thing I've been doing for the last four years. And it's likely that you, the listener, might also want to write a book. There's nothing special or original about wanting to write a book, but there is something very special about actually being able to write one and then get it published. So why does everyone want to write a book so badly? Well, I believe it's because we're all storytellers. Every single human has a unique story and we want to share this with the world. It's our contribution. But the problem is, actually writing a book is not as easy as it seems. The publishing industry is notorious for a lack of diversity. In 2016, the bookseller examined the lists of the UK's most established publishing houses and found that there were fewer than 100 books published by authors of colour. In 2021, out of a total of 4,017 authors and illustrators featured across 33 catalogues from the UK's top five publishers and selected independent presses, only 2.5% were Black British when compared with the overall output. These numbers speak for themselves. On today's episode, I'm interviewing my dear friend and three-times published best-selling author, Minda on how to write a book and, more importantly, how to get it published. We will also be unpacking how to tackle inequality in the publishing industry. Minda, it'd be great
2: to
0: sort of understand, you know, when you wanted to become an author and how your journey began. I love this question so much because I feel like I've always been in the spirit of reinvention with my life. I knew that when I graduated college, I wanted to climb the quote unquote, corporate ladder. And I always saw myself in that way. Being an executive, that was the goal. And then as I got into my career, I just saw all of the different inequities that took place in the workplace, including my, my own, right? The different just opportunities that I didn't have because I wasn't a male or because I wasn't part of dominant culture. And it really impacted the way that my dreams of climbing up the ladder. And so long story short, I started just writing a blog uh, back in 2015 about my experiences as a woman of color in the workplace. I didn't think that that would take off. It was more of a therapy for me. But I thought if anybody finds it, one person, two people, 50 people, then maybe it will help uh, somebody else. And, And eventually that blog turned into a community of people that subscribed every Monday to the Monday memo. And then eventually I had the opportunity to write my first book called the memo about the experiences of women of color. So Michelle, I never intended to be an author. It just kind of, it pulled me in. I love that though. And I, I
2: wonder, you know, when you began your journey into becoming an author, a lot of people can feel a lot of anxiety around starting, right? And I just wondered for you, were there any obstacles early on that maybe held you back from taking that first step or, you know, maybe thinking that this could even be a book?
0: Yeah, you know, I I wasn't dreaming big enough, I'd say. So first of all, it was my own mindset that was uh, limiting me because I didn't think because i didn't have a large following on social media i wasn't famous i didn't think that i could write a book right i thought that the blog newsletter was as good as it gets it helped people i was helping people i was helping myself and and then i kept coming across different people along my path that would say have you ever considered writing a book i think that what you're talking about needs to be in a book and there's nothing on the shelves about the things that you're talking about and even in when people would tell me that, I would shy away from it because I didn't want to put myself out there in that way. I felt like every Monday newsletter I've been doing for a few years, that's it, that feels good for me. <laughs> but to put myself out there in a larger context, I wasn't sure. I had a little, you know, imposter syndrome initially about it. But then the more that I kept writing, the more I saw that there was a need. I let the universe, I let God, ho- however people might identify spiritually... I I just went with it because I said, obviously there's signs here that I should be writing a book. So let me stop being silly and go ahead and lean into whatever my purpose is supposed to be. So can you talk people through sort of practically,
2: how did it work securing that first book deal?
0: I think it's really important. A lot of people always say, I want to write a book. I've always wanted to write a book and everybody's path is a little bit different. So there's not like a five-step process. But for me, what helped, it was community and networking. You know, I often say that Success is not a solo sport. And so people would say, "Hey, can I make an introduction to this person for you?" And I had one gentleman that I met one time. His name is Justin Warner. and he he said to me, "You know Minda White male. He was a host at the Food Network, and we had met one time, and he said, "I think what you're talking about really needs to I just feel like there's something there. Let me make an introduction to my editor for you." And um, I would just love for you to talk to her about the book writing process just so you can have some information. And I took him up on that offer like six months later. once I got out of my own way, <laughs> Michelle, and I met with his editor at a well-known publishing company. And we talked about things. And she said, if you were going to write a book, what book would you write? And I said, well, Toni Morrison said, write the book you want to read. And it would be a book about women of color in the workplace. And We had a good call, and long story short, she connected me to what would later be my literary agent. And then my literary agent helped me put together my proposal, and we went out to sell it. So, as you're writing,
2: right, your first book, did you ever encounter sort of challenges associated with feeling? not good enough? Because I know for a lot of people, knowing really how to support yourself through the process of doing something new can be difficult. Can you share if you've had any of those feelings and maybe how you supported yourself as you began writing your first book?
0: I know some of the listeners and readers are probably thinking that, wow, that was fairly easy. Um, But even though it happened fairly fast, there was a lot of pushback and resistance about my initial book because of the context about racial equity in the workplace. And we weren't talking about that as much as we are now in 2016. And so 2017, there were five major publishers at the time, and four of them said no to this book, that there was no audience, that these are one-time occurrences, that these things aren't happening. Even though I was feeling that way in my nine to five, and now I'm writing this book, and now all these publishing companies are saying no to this book. So for me, there was a lot of challenges that. I didn't anticipate. And then the other one was, you're not famous enough. Who's going to buy the book? So I had to reshift the narrative and say, you know what? I can't control what everybody else thinks, but I can control what I think about my writing and my voice. And I just kept affirming myself in the midst of other people not seeing the vision. And I think no matter what you want to do, write a book, put a podcast, you know, travel across the world, we have to take the limits off our mind aminda like what were some of the lessons you think that you learned through
2: the writing process because obviously people always think you just sit down and write right and it's never like that it's always edits and rewrites and for most people it's it's quite a journey right it can take i don't know how long it took you to write your book but it can be quite a process how do you keep your motivation was there any sort of lessons you took away from that first experience yeah
0: i appreciate you having me get back in my DeLorean and go back to the future, <laughs> Michelle, because it it wasn't all that long ago. And for me, again, it was, I didn't have a blueprint, so I didn't know what it was supposed to look like. I kept hearing people say, well, use morning pages, or you're supposed to write every morning or right before bed. And that just didn't work for my life because when I wrote my first book, I was still in my corporate job. I was still working my nine to five and it, I had a very demanding nine to five. And so I'd work, you know, 60, 70 hours a week and then try to bust out some chapters. And so for me, it was finding my rhythm, right? Finding my groove, carving out a certain amount of space when I was able to do it and being kind to myself. I think that we just have to get in our own regiment. And then the other part is comparison. I didn't have a lot of author friends at the time, and I would do a lot of YouTubing and different things. And I kept comparing my journey to other people's. And that was more of a hindrance I could take positive things and successful nuggets from these people but I had to find my path and what worked for me and and give myself permission to do that and so again a lot of the things that I was you know questioning myself on I just try to do the best I can and what could I control and I do that with every bit of my work today I can't control everybody else I can't control if I'm famous or not but I can control if I write the best book ever. So, Minda,
2: book number one comes out. It's obviously a rave success. And then you had the idea for book two and book three. Can you talk us through the rest of your journey?
0: Yes, I felt a little more prepared for the next part of the journey because I had my literary agent, I had the publisher, and my first publisher was going to publish my second book. But again, I came back to that almost limiting mindset because I'm like, oh, I wrote this really successful first book. Can I do it again? <laughs> so I was questioning if if I was a one-hit wonder or not. And also two, I was kind of defying the industry again by writing a book that we hadn't really talked a lot about out loud in the workplace, racial trauma, how all of these inequalities of you know, women of color in the workplace, how it shows up in our lives and how we need to heal. So I'm again, writing a book that not a lot of people may understand (laughs) or, or know why it's necessary and except for the people who it's intended for. And so during both of my books, I feel like I've had to fight for them to be on the shelves and just honoring my voice. By that time, Michelle, I knew my point of view and nobody could shake me from that.
2: And then your third book is for the next generation. Can you maybe share why it's so important to think about paying it forward? Because for me, that's been quite a big theme. I don't know if that's what's motivated you, but it's been quite a big theme throughout your journey because you really have you know, shed light on important issues and that really has helped so many women. So, Can you talk a little bit about your motivation and your third book, you know, really what was kind
0: of encouraging you to do that? For those who may not have read the memo or write within or the third book, you are more than magic. It really was writing from a place of need, a place of belonging, a place to be seen. I wanted to create content where people can read about their experiences or similar experiences for the first time. And the people that work with us can also understand what it's like to show up to be one of the only in the workplace. And when I thought about all the women I had met who had read all my books, I thought, you know what? many of us get to the workplace with a certain mindset, we actually need to reach back to our young girls and talk to them about how they find their voice, how they negotiate their salaries, even as teenagers, as college students. And so I just wanted to create this body of work that all generations could lean into and feel seen. You've got three books in.
2: Can we expect more from me to like,
0: what's the next sort of phase of this journey? I love this question so much because I've become more curious these days. I know that I've done well writing three books geared toward my target audience of women of color, girls of color. But I know that I also have a voice that others can resonate with as well, because I have a lot of people who don't identify that way, read my books, managers, allies, etc. And so I want to make my stamp as a business author. And I can't do that by niching myself right? So this next book is still career development, but I'm really going to delve into one ingredient that I feel is really missing in the workplace, and that's trust. And so I call this next book, (laughs) I can't give the title yet, but um, I'm working on it because I feel like there's a, a thread that we're not talking about to link us all together so that we can make the workplace better than we found it for everybody.
2: And I just wonder, right? So as you have written these books, your identity as an author has probably changed right and evolved i mean do you enjoy the writing process do you see yourself as an author i know that sounds like a strange question but for a lot of people we do these things and we never actually internalize it doesn't become part of our identity and i just wonder you know how has your sense of self sort of changed throughout this journey of writing
0: three books i feel like there's been a lot of growth like i look at the version of myself that wrote the memo and the version that wrote right within and you are more than magic. And I don't even know that version sometimes because I was so green in my voice. I was unsure. Can I push the envelope in this way? Would people get it? And what I'd say that's been the the best is just seeing myself evolve over time. I know, know that my writing has gotten stronger, that has gotten more impactful since my first book. And it just feels really good. It probably took me two books in before I called myself an author. And now I own that. And I think just as women in general, we should own our accomplishments. And no one can take that away from us. And so now I proudly call myself an author.
2: You've shared a couple of nuggets around this process you've experienced in what what does it mean to find your voice and what does that look like when it comes to writing?
0: Many of us are readers and we read a lot of different books. And again, you might say, oh, I like the writing of this author or that author. But I realized that I couldn't write a book like somebody else and somebody else's voice. That when we say the phrase, bring your authentic self to work, I really took that personal in my writing process. You know, I talk with a lot of pop culture references. I like to have conversations like you're sitting on my couch and we're having our favorite drinks. Like I'm a very conversational person. Writer. And so I wanted to take hard topics and break them down so that everybody feels like they are part of the conversation. And I wasn't sure if I could do that with my writing, but it was what made me successful with my blog. And so I had to go back to my roots. And so as I wrote, I didn't try to, again, mimic anyone else. I just said, this is what I do. I use a lot of exclamation points. I use a lot of, you know, dot, dot, dots, ellipses, (laughs) you know, this is how I am. And this is what people like from me. And I don't want to change that. And so that's why the first book was successful and the second. So I brought that and I realized that my voice is tied to someone else's freedom. The moment that I try and shift and be someone else, then I'm taking away from someone who needs to hear it only the way that I can say it, read it only the way that I can write it. And so I honor my voice now. And, and even in my fourth book, I'm going a different direction in terms of the content but i'm still bringing my voice with me so many people
2: always have that fear right about somebody who's going to write their book and, and i always say well not if you're doing it right because if you're doing it right you're writing your own book in your own words it's your take on a topic and no one can really replicate that right it's your story And I think we really need those sort of diverse perspectives in the publishing world, particularly in the business world. I mean, there's so many books written by white men. I wonder then, you know, with that, what's your advice to black women in particular about how they can start their journey in becoming an author, but more importantly, overcome and manage obstacles along
0: the way and keep going? I think that's a great question because even when the memo came out and I had a lot of opposition getting it published, and that gave me a lot of anxiety because I'm like, oh my God, the time is now like, you know, it's 20, 2019. I have to get this book out. Like if we, if we don't, somebody else is going to write this book. And I kept having this anxiety. And then I had to go back to my place of nobody can write the book that you're supposed to write. This is your book to write, regardless if it comes out in January, it comes out in December. <laughs> your voice is your voice. And again, just like workout tapes, there's a million workout videos from Jane Fonda to tai bo to and all these things and there's always another one coming out but nobody can do it the way that that person can do it and so that's how i kind of look at book writing so i think the obstacle first is just feeling that you need somebody to help you or you need a co-sign you are able to write at any time of the day that you want nobody can stop you from that just start writing that's the first obstacle and then figure out what Platform you want to share if you choose to share your writing on. So, is it a LinkedIn or is it a Patreon? However, you want to get your information out there, but share it because somebody needs to read it and see it.
2: you have four books in, you've dealt with a lot of people in the industry. There are systemic barriers that exist, right? And if we look at the representation of books, particularly in the business world, You really do see that there is a lack of representation of diverse voices. I just wondered if you had a view on what the industry could do to maybe improve some of the diversity in both in terms of authors and in terms of publication, like which books actually end up getting published.
0: Majority of business book, career book authors are white male. And so it's really hard to to break in there because oftentimes when women, women of color, write a business book, we are put in self-help. And so I think that The industry has to expand the table that just because a woman writes a career book, it doesn't mean it's self help, but it could mean that too. So I think the way that we mark genres is very important. And then also marketing, because I think that if we want to have diverse perspectives, then we have to also give good book advances to women, women of color. And then we also have to provide the same access to media and marketing as our counterparts. And so I I do think that together we can really change the face of who gets to write what books.
2: What is your mantra or what's the story you tell yourself when you're having a hard day, when you get writer's block, when things are tough to
0: keep going? Is there sort of a message you give yourself? So more recently, I've been having some writer's block and as I'm writing this next book, but the one thing that I keep reminding myself is you need to write it. Or if it's not about writing, then I say, you know, I was placed on this planet for a reason and utilize all my 24 hours to get closer to that reason. And so we're all here for a reason. I don't want to leave this earth not having scratched all the surfaces, not doing everything that I need to, not living my full life. And so being an author is just one piece of me. It's one part of my identity. I just continue to remind myself there's a full version of myself. And and part of my job is to make sure that all those aspects of myself are cultivated and so I would just remind each and every one of us that there's so many parts to us and that we don't have to put so much pressure on one particular piece of our life.
2: Oh, Minda, I love that. When's the book going to be out? When can we expect the book to be out?
0: It's going to be out probably late 2024, early 25, but you know, follow me at mindaharts.com for more information.
1: As always, I really enjoyed my conversation with Minda. For anyone who's looking to write a book or wants to understand the proposal process, I'm sharing the steps to doing this on Instagram as I write my third book. The one piece of advice I have is to tell your own story. Often, we're far too worried that someone else will steal our idea or write the book we want to write. But this isn't how storytelling works. Instead, this is what journalism looks like. When you tell your story or your take on a topic no one can replicate that. Better yet, you have an opportunity to set yourself apart from everyone else. So remember to tell your own story. Finally, I really want to remind everybody that all of us play a critical role in either perpetuating or tackling inequality in publishing through the books we purchase and the content we consume. All of our choices at a bookstore or online either disrupt or contribute to their inequality in publishing. If we truly want to consume the best content then we need to level the playing field so that all the talented voices can be heard i really hope you enjoyed today's episode just a reminder for anyone who has ordered a copy of my book how work works i have a special gift for you selena and i have built a career e-journal which has 52 exercises as well as advice and tips for managing your career You can access this and download it from my website at michellepking.com. If you're interested in partnering with us or being a guest on the show, then please reach out through our website, thefixpodcast.org. You can also sign up to our monthly newsletter and contribute your story there. Thanks again for tuning in and I'll catch you all again next week.